Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Tell a friend. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I am joined by Luke Owen. Hello, the Wrestle Talk community, the Wrestle Talk universe, Wrestle Talkers. How are you, Oliver Davis, with your Aiden English style uh, introduction for a little bit there? I could have gone a lot harder there. I think you really I could, could have sung a bit more. Do you like doing the Shakespeare of song? I don't like singing voices that, you know, some reverberate quite mm. a bit, which is, I don't like it in my ears. That's it's, why you listen to like classical music on, when you're writing. Yeah, well, that's, there's no lyrics to it. I can just, I can, don't you find that distracting if there's lyrics in a song no. and you've also got your internal voice in your head writing stuff? No, I find that I can't listen to podcasts while I'm writing yeah, because yeah. I want to hear what they're saying. But a lot of the times when I listen to music, it always becomes a sort of background noise mm. uh, really while I'm writing. Well, just, you know, whack on. It's not just Actually, classical watch, music. I watch wrestling as well while I'm writing. It's not just classical music. It is uh, string quartet versions of popular classics you do love that we had a bit of a uh, comparison piece a couple of weeks ago where you were showing me some of your tracks that you were listening to your classical well, music you were trying covers. to guess yes i was trying to game. i was trying to guess what, they were what they were and i was uh, showing you that i was uh, listening to the doom soundtrack from the ps4 game which is i mean it's not the best game in the world it's pretty good but it gets fast repetitive towards the end but the soundtrack is thumbs up aces different strokes for different folks mate uh, Your, but, yours didn't have a chainsaw going into human flesh to create music. No, it had a lovely arrangement of <laughs> four different string instruments. Lovely stuff. We're going to read out some reviews now for people. These are UK-based ones, so thank you to all our tea-drinking chums. First up, from Wayne Ho, they say Sig Starworthy. Oh, oh, look at that. Cheers, Dave Meltzer Dave. reference. We've been Dave there we have in, been a, in a positive way. We haven't done that for a while. Well, been Daved. I haven't done that in the news for like Dave, three Dave weeks. Has, Dave hasn't Daved anyone for no. a while. He, he Daved two people in like four days. <laughs> and now we haven't done it since. So Wayne Ho says, best podcast out there with two consistently funny hosts. Listen to each one without fail. Woo! Woo! Cheers, Wayne Ho. We are consistent. It's consistent. Cons- consistent. Consistent. Consi- yeah, okay. Oh, you went for it. See, I only, I only two to three chants I always do. Okay, well. And then I stop. That's good to know for future reference. Mm-hmm. Simply the best wrestling podcast there is, writes Digestive. Two brilliant hosts. Digestive. 
Ah, nice. Two brilliant hosts present what is simply the best podcast on professional wrestling that there is. News, reviews, and great banter. It really is a must to listen to for all wrestling fans. Hashtag S-W-A-F-T. Swaft. Swaft. Whoa, cheers, digestive. Cheers, digestive. Sorry if that is actually your name and I just assumed it was a biscuit gag. And uh, finally, for, for this intro, love to talk about wrestling, writes Diva Cat. I love listening to you guys and regularly tune into the show. You guys have good chemistry and are quite funny <laughs> and give good reviews on the current WWE events. Talk about random stuff which breaks up the podcast well. Keep up the great the great work. Yes. Whoa. Woo. Thank you, Kev. We, we are quite funny. quite funny. We are consistently quite funny. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Let's get on with the show. We're gonna that. we're gonna try out something else before we dive into the reviews, and that is we've got an idea. We've got an idea for a segment. Uh, we haven't got a name for it though. It is just a very loose concept that I told Luke about about ten minutes before we started recording. Yeah, I was just there. I was um, just watching the May Young Classic, and uh, you came up to me and was like, "I've got an idea. I want to pitch to you." And I was kind of reading something while I was watching the May Young, and I turned around and. Yeah, which is usually ah oh, no, Ollie's pitching. <laughs> He's got an idea, especially because you just came out the lab as well. Yeah, so I was like, did you have the idea why you were in the lab, or not like, that specific time, but probably on another on lab another visit. on another lab visit? Yeah. Um, but anyway, do you want to do you want to tell the, cool. uh, the the Russell Talk Universe your idea? So we want you to email in ideas for really bad wrestling gimmicks. So we came up with one last week where it was the Beach Baller Mania character to capitalise off the Beach Ball stuff from SummerSlam. And it can be for an existing wrestler, WWE, GFW, New Japan, or it can be a completely new wrestler. Just like a really bad idea for a wrestling character. As a good example, at the moment, Dolph Ziggler is currently sans gimmick and yeah. he is looking for his new perfect gimmick that will get him a push on, on SmackDown. And the best way to get a, a push on SmackDown is to have a terrible gimmick by mm. the looks of things. So uh, give us your pitches for awful, awful gimmicks. If you want to like figure out how that would be pinched, pinched, pitched to Vince as well, uh, please include that. Send them in to ollie at wrestletalk.tv. Do you want to hit mine? Go on, Em. Uh, the Fishmongerer. The Fishmongerer? Yeah. And uh, he walks out with like a like the fish hook thing. Yeah. He's got like the... Um, All uh, the full-on overalls. The full-on yeah. overalls and stuff. And his catchphrase is, I'm going to fill it you. Fill it. Yeah. What would... Uh, Fisherman Suplex would, of course, be uh, his finishing move. I, I didn't even think of that, yeah. but that is the one. Yeah, he has the Fisherman Suplex as a finisher. Oh, and he can, oh. like, tip the bucket of wet yes, fish Yes, he's got, he's got like, a big bucket of chum that he brings down to the ring with yeah. as well. A bit like the uh, the pig farmers used to bring down slop. Get people in nets. Yes. I mean, look, look, we're, we're spitballing. So you come up with oh. those, we'll, we'll try and add to it. We're going to... Um, it'll probably show up on SmackDown. <laughs> it'll probably be given when Drew McIntyre goes back to the main roster. Yeah. They'll probably give him a gimmick like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man. So unlike the last two weeks where we've done SmackDown first, we are doing Raw this time round because chronologically that makes sense. And because it was a much more interesting show. Very newsworthy, at least three different bits. And let's dive right into the first one, which was The Miz was just in the middle of the ring to open the show, and it seemed like he was about to cut a promo, but they didn't. They went to the announcers, and the announcers were like, it's it's only us two. It's only Michael Cole and Corey Graves this week. You told me you got very excited. I, well, I did as well, because as soon as it was just um, uh, Michael Cole and, and Norris, as King Ross would call him, 
and I was like, oh, brilliant. It's, oh, I was like, not brilliant. I was like, oh, of course, because Booker's out in Houston, poor lad. I'm yeah. like, I hope he's all right and everything. And, um, you know, terrible tragedy. But and all silver that. lining but is silver, what you were but thinking. Silver lining, two-man booth. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to a two-man booth until the camera just panned over. No, there's Burger King Lawler standing there. It was such <laughs> was an like, annoying oh, reveal. No. Because you're like, oh, of course, it's Memphis. Why didn't I see this coming? I know. And it was the, like, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> That was a. If that was anyone else, that would be a good, fun way to reveal someone. But I was like, oh, I just don't want to hear the commentary. Although he was much better than than Booker Man T. Man alive, was he a breath of fresh air compared to Booker T? Like, and but Lawler doesn't watch the show. He doesn't keep up to date with storylines. He knew more about it than Booker T did, and he's there every smegging week. Mm. Uh, but this uh, Kurt Angle then came out interrupting what I presume was meant to be the Miz's, maybe did it to the live crowd only, but Kurt Angle was like, you didn't get to defend your summer, your title at SummerSlam, your SummerSlam title. <laughs> so we're going to have a number one contenders battle royal right now to elevate the Intercontinental title back to where it should be. And I thought, here we go. It's going to be like 14 jobbers and Finn Balor. I, w- <laughs> and, I wonder who's going to win Jordan. this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it actually turned out to be quite star-studded. It really was. Both I was parties. Su- I was surprised. Uh, the big shave came out. And uh, yeah, there was just like all these guys came out. And I was like, yeah. wow, they're stacking this battle royal. It's pretty good. He looks so weird without a Oh, beard, doesn't he? Just, just a big giant baby. I think like an egg. Yes. He looks like a big egghead. Not keen on, on clean shaven big show. So well, I like a big beard as well. I just think they look... A look big much, bushy beard. A big bushy beard. I think it looked much better on him. Um, Maybe but- he's got to meet his girlfriend's parents or something. <laughs> He's got a you'd, job interview. Well, you'd think that, but I didn't shave mine off when mm. I went to go meet my uh, my now future in-laws. But you've got no respect. <laughs> you've got no respect for people. I shaved for you today, though. Did you? Yeah, I did, actually, yeah. You shaved as well. I've got you see this is a yeah. very smooth neck. It was really funny as well, because I was reading the comments on yesterday's Raw Review video, mm. and everyone was talking about the big shave, and I'd forgotten about the big show having a shave. And I was like, did I shave? Mm. And I just didn't notice. And I was like hanging out with you all day in the studio. I, I mean, I hope you don't get annoyed with me that I can't notice. It's on the sides, mate. What you shave? But you know, it was a bit fluffier yesterday. Was it? Yes. I mean, it's okay. because I can't grow facial hair either side. Mm. Um, like this, obviously, I can't cut because I'm got an electric razor at the moment. I might have to go get my barber to do it. Which I might, I might do next week. But you style it like Seamus? I say, I'm, I'm, I, was, I literally was going to go in there and say, like, look, I've got this big mound of ginger hair mm. on my chin. What can you do with it? Like, style out a little bit. Fella! Fella, exactly. I might even get to sort my tash out as well. Well, anyway. back into the Raw review. Uh, but th- this this makes it sound like we weren't interested. I thought this was a I, pretty good Battle Royal, actually. I usually hate Battle Royals yeah. because they are usually just full of jobbers and just full of geeks and nerds. And I was like, just <laughs> waiting for people to get thrown out. Because it only get, usually gets interesting in the final four. But this, I found, was really entertaining throughout. I really enjoyed this. I think a lot of that came from it's after SummerSlam. The idea is a lot of storylines were finalised at SummerSlam, or they at least meant to. Mm. Uh, some we'll, have unfortunately we'll, carried through. We'll get we on get, to that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it felt like, oh, I do, anyone could. Uh, there were like four or five different people who could go up against Miz here. A lot of strong baby faces. So maybe this is a start of a new programme for this. And then... Midway through the match, Bray Wyatt appeared, did his blah thing, and he threw Finn Balor out. And Finn Balor was looking up. He looked really shocked, presumably because, oh God, this is not over. <laughs> so apparently, according to the dirty sheets, the plan was it was meant to go into mm. Joe Finn as the uh, the next program. But with Joe's injury, that means that it's now 
back to the drawing board and just go back back to the well with uh, Bray and Finn once again. Yeah, yeah, that is... Uh, I, it's a real shame. Especially because, like, it wasn't a good feud. I think we can all admit that. And it didn't produce amazing matches. It was perfectly fine matches to a little bit boring matches. But uh, it had an ending. It had, like, a nice definitive ending. The idea was to draw out the demon from Finn Balor. And Balor took that against Barry Wyatt. And that's how he beat him. But now it's like, what what bit more of story can you tell? Yeah, there's, there's really no more story to tell with this. Unless you took it to, like, a... Uh, just sort of a, a level of anger from both men mm. that Bray is annoyed that he lost at SummerSlam and Finn is annoyed that uh, that Bray has cost him a, a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. Well, he was my favourite until that happened. But uh, before that, you had Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson and Finn Balor all having a little moment in the ring, yeah, which was nice. Yeah, weird thing for Gallows and Anderson. Worked babyface in this match mm. and then were very much heels later on. Nerds! <laughs> so... Bit of an odd on that. But that's what they've been doing for weeks now. They yeah. can't seem to well, that, uh, figure I, out which role they're in. And I'm guessing that kind of plays into WWE's mentality at the moment. Is They don't have faces and heels. Mm. They have characters who one week can be quite heelish, but then the next week can be a bit more babyface. It's a shame that... So the idea is we don't have bad guys, good guys. We have characters. We have the guys. Which is a really nice three-dimensional way to approach writing people and, and stuff on, on screen. Unfortunately, none of those... Very few of those characters are any good. Yeah. And the good ones, you're not writing in the in the right way or yeah. pushing to the, the right extent. Other thing to note from this as well is that um, uh, Jason Jordan has got his third entrance music now. Oh, has it slightly changed again? It's got rap lyrics to it now. What What were the rap lyrics saying? Well, I don't know. I mean, I I, I didn't. I just suddenly noticed because I heard that. Uh, oh, Jason uh, Jordan. <laughs> Shall I give you a beat? <laughs> and I'm here to say I'm Kurt Angle's kid today. That's about all I got. That's what we're getting with. Um, but anyway, so he's got new entrance music now, and it's slightly it's slightly improved mm. than, than on the uh, the original one. Uh, other things that happened were our truth. And Goldust, <laughs> who were in an intense blood feud that had that, that never weeks finished. and weeks of build. That yeah. never ended. Never, never ended. And they just, uh, there was a moment when they were right next to each other, beating up someone in the corner. And I thought, are you not, are you not even just going to, as soon as that bell went, they should have just gone for each other. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler did that as well. I think it was just after he turned heel. Yeah, yeah. And it was, was it the Royal Rumble? I'm pretty sure it was the Royal Rumble. Or something to do with Callisto. It was something to do, it was either the Royal Rumble or the Battle Royal. And he just turned heel. Actually, no, I think it was a Battle Royal. He just turned heel. And the first thing he did when he ran in was attack heels. And you're like, mate, you're one of them. You're meant to be attacking the baby faces. Yeah. Well, the, the, the only, uh, apart from the winner who we'll come on to, is Jason Jordan received actually quite a nice pop at the end. When he wrestles, people can get into mm. him. It's just, he's, he's, you know, he's lumbered with a pants character. He's, he can fire up really well when he yeah. takes his top off. I love it's it like, when ah! he takes his top off. <laughs> and he, he eliminated a... Who was it? Was it the Miz Taraj? He did indeed. Uh, both both members. at the same time. But then Jeff Hardy chucked him over. And Jeff Hardy is the new number one contender for the Miz. He'll be facing him next Monday. Thumbs that's pretty cool. Thumbs up from me. That All of a sudden when Jeff went, I was like, well, that's a new fresh face within that division. Like All of a sudden I was like, wow, I'm really looking fresh forward face. to that match. Yeah. yeah, I mean, fresh face. Yeah, He's been around for yeah, for 2017. It's a new face within the the IC picture, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm actually pretty excited for that match next week." The the best thing usually is when you want something and you don't want another thing. 
But then the people who are writing it say, hey, but we've got this thing that we didn't, you didn't even think about. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want that one more. Yeah. You surprised me. Thank you very much. Good work, guys. Uh, but of course, how does this affect the Hardys? Because Matt was eliminated. Is Jeff being groomed for a, a whole feud with The Miz? Is this just a one and done thing? I think it's just a one and done thing because uh, Angle said that he was going to defend his championship at No Mercy, but he's also going to defend it next week as well. So I think that next right. week, next week he'll beat The Miz and then that will set up presumably Jason Jordan for uh, the, the week after. You're right. WWE do one match and then they don't go back to it, do they? They don't do a thing where <laughs> The Miz could beat Jeff Hardy and then yeah. they have that match for the next four weeks yep. and then yep. again at No Mercy. And, and a tag match. Yeah, because... and maybe one match against Matt Hardy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So <laughs> Tag matches with The Miz to Raj against the Hardys. Perhaps, uh, perhaps yeah. I'm, over, I'm oversimplifying it by um, sure. just, just having uh, being a one and done. But who knows? Uh, another fresh face in a division is Enzo Amore, who had his debut cruiserweight match against Noam Dar. And what a horrible match it was. This was bad. Amore, I love Enzo. Yeah. I think he's a he's a he is the smack he's a smack talker Skywalker. I think he cuts a very good promo. I think sometimes they ramble on a little bit too much, and they kind of just you could have cut that down by about mm. five points, and it'd been much better. But man, he's like as a singles competitor, it's horrible to watch. Botchin's moves just left, right, and center. He he's a ragdoll. That's what Enzo's role is. It's just to be thrown hither and yonder while the bigger guy stands on the apron going like tag me. But now he's in a division where most he, of the guys are the same well height as Exactly, and they're gonna be like doing all these flip de do things around him and he's just gonna be, I don't know, ragdolling around them. It's, it it wasn't good. It was not a good showing. Do you have any friends that you like, you find funny, you appreciate the company of, but all of the other people you know are like, Oh god, that guy is an idiot. Yes, you. Is it is no, that it's not, it's yeah. And like, oh he's he's really obnoxious and loud and why do you hang out with him? And say he is obnoxious and loud. But he makes me laugh. I can separate the two things. It's the it's Sean of the Dead. It's, oh, it, it's Sean, Nick, yeah. yeah, Sean and Ed. So it's I, I that's how I feel to Enzo. I'm like I can't. I can see you just digging a further hole for yourself because you've got all these these faults. Uh, but I I still really like you. <laughs> it's 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 depressing to see someone just spiral into their own hole because the crowd the, the crowd <laughs> did not get behind him. Uh, no. Memphis was quite quiet. And then there was an embarrassing moment where he was like, I'll even dance and introduce the guy for you, which could have been planned ahead of time. But it felt desperate, unfortunately. It really does. I felt bad. Like, and the thing with, with Enzo going to 205 Life, as a star, he is shining brighter than anyone else in that division mm. because he is a legit star compared to everyone else. So that, Certified star. He's a certified star. So he is shining brighter than anyone else. Problem is, the talent level is just the complete opposite. Mm. Everyone else is just so much better than Enzo is. But they've all been booked to look like chumps and jobbers that Enzo is just a, a, a massive star by comparison. Did you see the... I don't know if it was the main event of 205 Live, but it was a six-man six tag. tag. Yeah. Good good way to hide him amongst, mm. like, Grand Metallic and Cedric Alexander. Well, did you see how he won? No, I did not. He, uh, he... I can't remember who he rolled up, but he put his feet on the ropes. What? One, two, three. Enzo wins. Crikey. So Enzo cheated to win. He's going up against Neville. That, although you did ask a silly question. It was like, did you watch 205 Live? Good point. Yeah. That I, what I meant to say was, <laughs> did you see a streamable link or a gif that someone posted of 205 yeah. Live? Uh, yeah. So, and and having Enzo immediately go into that without having any number one contenders fights or anything 
or just an angle of some sort. He did really have an angle. Does... He showed up and said, it's me. Yeah. Uh, it really does expose... I... Like, it, it, it brings down the cruiserweights to such a low level because of how Enzo has been treated on the main roster. I really hate that. And we'll, we'll come on to that a little <laughs> bit on SmackDown, actually. Okay, next up we had Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out. Paul Heyman did his usual... We've got about four weeks to fill here, guys. Yep, and he's not and Braun Strowman match. This is, I believe, his last appearance. Oh no, he's back in two weeks. Because um, it's think. Braun next week, yeah, and then it will be Braun and Brock, Brock the, week, on after. the week after. Yeah. So either way, uh, Paul Heyman cut his usual, as you said, time-filling promo. But it actually, I loved the ending of it. Same here. It was great because I was starting to tune out mm. because I've heard. Uh, Heyman and Heyman's a great talker he's one of the all time greats but I've heard him do this promo for the last four years so I was just kind of tuning out a little bit until Brock grabbed the mic and all of a sudden I was like hello yeah what's yeah. this and he just in very few words just like what he's trying to say don't well no yeah, we're gonna, we'll have to censor it if you say it just say B word yeah I was going to say suplex city B words and then and then through the mic the and I was like awesome mm. Brock is the best yeah he is great he's great I mean that's Enzo should be a manager. He's such a good talker. He can have like his own little fighting, like a Don King style. Oh, that'd be stable, awesome! Yeah, especially with all the boxing stuff and and the Connor and Floyd uh, fight at the weekend, and he was there. You know, it feels oh, like he, is... he, he mentioned um, Connor and Mayweather and got booed out the building for well, it. No as well, no one likes Mayweather. <laughs> no one likes Connor either. In all fairness, a lot more people like Connor. The idea of the underdog. People pay to see Money Mayweather lose rather than to see him win. Hmm. And yeah, so what did he think was going to happen? Question for you. Floyd. You you are more knowledgeable of this than I. Hmm. Uh, but is um, Floyd's WrestleMania match is that counted in his fifty and O? I I would assume so. <laughs> yeah, of course it isn't. I uh, I lost fifty pounds at the weekend. Everyone. Uh, shame to say I was drunk I thought I got a bit cocksure but 40 quid on uh, Mayweather to knock down McGregor in the 8th I would have won around 800 pounds I am um, I lost nothing and gained a great night's sleep uh, I watched it the next morning I didn't sleep no I'm not I'm not that fast uh, it was a great fight it was really good Cesar- Page, Cesaro then took on Seth Rollins in uh <laughs> What's, what's that? Nothing. I, was, I didn't make any notes, obviously, because my notes aren't out in front of me. But when it was announced as Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, I just reminded myself then, I was going to write a note down that just said, so I'm guessing it'll be Dean versus Sheamus next week then. Yeah, we didn't even have to <laughs> wait. Didn't have to wait next week. I don't know what they're going to do after. next week now. Mm. They've got three weeks more worth of build. I don't know what they're going to do. You have Dean Ambrose versus Cesaro. Oh, of course. And Seth Rollins versus Yeah, Sheamus. sorry, how, how foolish of me. Because you, you wrote, you, you're stuck in your little feud. No one exists outside your feud that you can wrestle. And the Hardys have gone off now, and there's no other tag teams for them to fight. Sure, Galanderson, a, a busy job in to, to stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to that. So Cesaro took on Seth Rollins, and yeah, it, it's just... We kept on praising the Shield reunion storyline as the best thing in WWE heading into SummerSlam. They had the reunion, they did the fist bump, and then they won the titles, and that was the high. And that's the moment where you switch it up and you go with a new program. But what they've done is they have this horrible automatic rematch clause. The the previous champions, Cesaro and Sheamus, they... They now want their rematch, so they're going on that route, which means we get the same matches that we've seen for the last two months building up to SummerSlam without the intrigue of the reunion storyline. Yeah. So it is a consider it's still good and it's well wrestled because the people in there, but it is so repetitive and and not a patch on what they were doing before before the biggest party of the summer. Well, maybe we should bring this up now because 
excuse me, the story, uh, the the rumour and innuendo, mm. is that the plan, apparently, rumoured, was that it was going to be uh, Cena and Roman versus Seth and Dean at No Mercy, right? Mm. For the tag straps. And then Roman and Cena would win the tag belts and keep them through to Survivor Series? or keep through They to would the... drop them at TLC. Drop them at TLC. And that's what would set up the singles match at, at, Survivor, at Series. Survivor Series. And <laughs> I, obviously I don't know whether that's, that's true or not. That's clearly the direction they're not going now. But I did think to myself... Can you imagine sitting there backstage and just doing this amazing storyline about death and uh, death to keep doing it again? Seth and Dean winning the tag titles, finally coming together and winning the belts, only to just put them on uh, Cena and Reigns the month after. I I think that's an excellent story, but not with the tag title change because you've got you've had this amazing build up of of Dean and Seth, but now they have to take on. One of the, their previous brother. That's grand. That's grand. And then you've got the other tension of Cena and Reigns, who are butting heads as well. There's so much you could have done with that. The and, possibilities are huge. And as you said, it would have been better for them because they wouldn't have been going into the same program with Shamaro. Yeah. They'd have gone on to something else, which would have been much, much, much better for them. And how big does that make the tag team titles feel? Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are now your tag champions. Who were their first contenders? John Cena and Roman Reigns, the John, two biggest guys in the whole company. John Cena and his tag team gimmick of tagging with the guy he's feuding yeah, with. He loves that. He, he, loves, he that. loves that. The amount of he's only ever won tag titles with people he's feuding with. It's as old as time itself. That that trope. Uh, yeah. So that that that's there's not much else to say there. It was it was fine, but same, it, it's same repetitive. With, yeah. Same with the Dean and Sheamus match. Again, fine. Really enjoyed both matches, mm. but yeah. I say I. I actually enjoyed the Ambrose Sheamus match more. I felt like both matches were almost like one big match, and Cesaro and Seth Rollins was the, the building warm-up. warm-up bit. And when Dean and Sheamus got in there, the crowd were kind of like, "Oh no, this is where we have the finishing sequence now." So that whole match felt like uh, not exactly like the last five minutes of a Carter versus Omega. I'm not saying <laughs> that, but it it did have that. It was it was like a drawn out end bit, and when the end came, it was even hotter. I I did. I enjoyed the wrestling, but I, yeah. unfortunately there, there wasn't much of an emotional hook now. Just like Emma beating Mickey James. In a hashtag match. Yeah, so this that, was... That, um, that hashtag stip, I believe, has still not been lived up to. So Mickey James hasn't... She hasn't tweeted... tweeted that Emma started the Divas I, Revolution. Well, no, Women's it, Revolution. It wasn't that, it was. Uh, the, the stipulation was that Mickey would uh, do a ha- any hashtag of Emma's choice. So perhaps next week on Raw, we're going to find out what the hashtag is. Set up and pay off. I'm <laughs> sure that's going to happen. That's right. We've got another week of TV to fill. You know, and, then, and it's three hours, so we may as well draw this story out. I'm, I'm surprised I forgot that part of it because I really cared about this. Didn't you? I was going to suggest you should do it as like a daily uh, news update. Of like every time we do, you do the Russ Talk News just to see if Mickey James has tweeted out anything at the hashtag yet. I prefer your other one that I never did. It's just because there was so much. There's been so much news recently. But the other one, the other one was when there was a lot of cost cutting measures, and we would check in to see if Ty Dillinger was still employed. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That made me chuckle, but it Um, made it in. And I suppose the other thing we've got to talk about because a lot of people are very upset about this. Emma has new music. Yeah, it is bad. Yeah, it really is bad. Still, I don't know what. Like, why do you change that one up? She that does the same one. She does the same entrance move, but it's not to the beat of music anymore. It, do you know what it mm. sounded like? 
it sounded like you ever go back and watch an old pay on the network where they don't own the rights to the song anymore <laughs> so they just put like a temporary track in it's just like and you and but they still do the same movements it's totally what it reminded me of or like if you play Smackdown versus Raw and you change someone's entrance music to someone else's entrance music but keep the movement the same it was it's bad a lot, a lot of uh, people gave CFO Money some shtick on Twitter. They are WWE's in-house band who compose most of the new entrance themes. And, and they, they are baller. They do very good job at it. They do very know. good job. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, they, I think they are ballers, and then you make a, you do this moment like you are doing a three-pointer. See, see what I could just do there? You could tell that I didn't play sports as a kid, can't you? And then you go all net swish. <laughs> Balling. Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah. Uh, hash words <laughs> so yeah I, I mean Emma's new music CFO Money didn't uh, compose this they tweeted out it was actually I think it was Jim Johnston well I was going to say was the previous guy it sounds was awesome it sounds like a holdover from like that awful 2005 era of divas wrestling yeah I love I lo- because like the idea some people don't like CFO Money which who? is in- Look, Who are these people? Some people criticise them, them of the same loop being repeated too many times. It's, like, it's wrestling music. It's not meant to be listened to it, for five minutes. Have you heard Jim Johnson stuff? Yeah, exactly. Like, dun, Jim, dun, 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 Jim, dun. Jim Johnson is awesome. Like he, yeah. He's great, but he suffers from... Should a, be in the Hall of Fame. He should be. Actually, generally should be. But um, uh, as uh, Kevin of the Attitude Era podcast would say, that he suffers from second verse syndrome, which is if you... like. All of his songs are only designed to be you hear the first verse and the chorus and then you never you never meant to never hear after that because once it gets to that point everything goes to hell and all the lyrics are rubbish and it's just repeated over and over again because hey the engine only last this long mm. I've only got to write this point of it doesn't matter yeah so uh, but the CFO money behind like uh, Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis's or the Canellis's both of them power of love mm-hmm. whatever it's called glorious, glorious d- uh, dominion domination Sh- yep. Shinsuke Nakamura oh, they've got some yeah. great entrance musics um, so yeah it, apparently that one's Jim Johnston though so next up we had one of the best segments of the month it will probably be in top 10 of the year uh, John Cena and Roman Reigns had a contract signing for No Mercy, which apparently was always on the books. Uh, they were always meant to face each other in the ring, but it wasn't always going to be for that No Mercy match because the Dirty Sheets reported that it was going to turn into uh, John Cena off with Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns was going off with uh, The Miz. Which is so bizarre because then you hear from somewhere else that Samoa Joe is gonna feud with, with Finn, Finn Balor. Balor, yeah. And so it's there's been a lot of conflicted reports. It's difficult to know what was actually planned and what was just pitched backstage. Well, I mean, the observers out tomorrow, I suppose. We'll find yeah. Out so as like an idea, like when someone says an idea, this could be the match, and then you report that as the official plans. I, maybe that's happened. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just loads of conflicting things were reported. Yeah. And then the opposite of that happened on Monday night. And then a a, re, a retroactive story was published afterwards. Absolutely, yeah. What I will say about this segment, because I've, I've I've got a whole video on this up on the on the YouTube channel, which you can go and check out. Mm. I kind of did a bit of a, not a breakdown of it, but when I woke up on Tuesday morning, I had Twitter feed was exploded with a lot of people saying it's the best promo since the pipe bomb. And my first reaction was like, mm, it's, all, it's good, but it's just not as good as the pipe bomb. Uh, and then for reasons why I explain in the video. But what I will say about this promo and why this promo was great and why this whole segment was great is that last week, 
even up towards 48 hours ago, no one cared about this match. No. Absolutely no one cared a lick about John Cena and Roman Reigns because no one wanted to see it. Everyone thought, like, it's just the machine versus the machine. I don't want to see it. I'm not interested. This one promo has been talked about, like, non-stop since it happened on Monday. And it's turned this feud around. And now, all of a sudden, there are people who are interested in this just through one Cena promo. Uh, and a Roman Reigns promo, not to take anything away from him either. I thought he was just as good. He stumbled over his lines, but he was just as good when he was he remembered his rehearsed material. And now people are interested. And so I, I give both men a lot of credit. I think they did really well. It's the point of a promo. Absolutely. To promote the eventual encounter yeah. between the two people. I thought this was a great, great segment. It was really, really good. Uh, just We've got a few lines written down here that we can relive. There's uh, a couple that you've got. That there's got I know, to there were so about. many. Yeah. It was the, like Cork aligns every other bit. Whereas like I think of like the New Day and Uso's rap battle segment. And in there, there were like three good lines. Yeah. And the rest of it was kind of Kofi Kingston incorrectly describing stop signals. And... <laughs> And like the Miz and John Cena had some excellent stuff, but that was that was more based around the total Bella Ball S word skits that accompanied them. But this, it was every line was a corker. It was a one line in zinger. Uh, Reigns called Cena a fake ass part time b a b word a b word. Cena in my favorite line retorted, "Well, you're nothing but a cheap ass corporately created John Cena bootleg." That was a great line. Oh. But it's it's amazing as well because like so this promo is essentially or this this feud is trying to mirror the Cena Rock feud that they did a couple of years back because but Cena is now in the Rock role mm. where Cena's whole thing was just like you're a part timer you're never here I'm here every single week and that's why you suck but now John Cena's in that role and he's like no it's cool that I'm not here all the time because I paved the way which was the Rock's whole thing as well so that's kind of funny I also liked how. Um, <laughs> John Cena did say and it is a great last where he said you're a corporately created character and I'm like mate pot kettle black uh, yeah I, yeah <laughs> I thought that but I only thought that after the segment when I was writing my review I was so wrapped up in it yeah. at the time I was like yeah John Roman Reigns has been forced down their throats forgetting the 10 years of John Cena being forced down my throat the, uh, the other line that like, made me laugh out loud and I'm sure that's not the reaction they were intending either which is when um, oh, I know what you're going to say. It was when, I think Roman had done his line. was like, I'm not going to be a John Cena. I'm going to be the Roman Reigns, which also I thought was a great line. And then he's like, it's never been about you. It's about these fans and what these fans think. And I just loved it. I was like, no, it's not. That's not the case at all. Because if, you two exist in this ring exactly, right now. Exactly. If the fans decided everything, we wouldn't be having this segment right here. This segment would be, we'd have J, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm. But no, it's not. And that really made me laugh. And um, Brian Alvarez brought up a really good point on Wrestling Observer Radio, where he's been re-watching Royal Rumbles as of late. And he was going into Royal Rumble 94, which was uh, Lex and Brett. And going in... Uh, Lex was like that's the guy they were pushing he was, yeah. the, they were, he was the total package he was going to be their number one guy but um, sorry, t-shirts have fallen mm -hmm. down but the crowd weren't buying into him the crowd were buying into Brett and that's who they ended up going with instead they were like Lex isn't working but Brett is so let's go with him instead that, and, and Brian Alvarez said like could you imagine if that happened now and like I was thinking going like it has happened now it happened it's happened quite a few times where we've gone that's not the guy this is the guy but they've gone with that guy still, yeah. even though the fans have said it's not that guy. Yeah, it really, uh, it it wasn't. But the the great thing about this semi shoot, but it was a worked shoot because everything they said was pre-approved, apart from 
a bit where Cena did seem to intentionally trip up Roman Reigns. So uh, Reigns said something, and then Cena went over. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he essentially went over it's to Kurt Angle he said, and said, "He said he goes, um, you suck." And he goes, he goes, but it's all right because I know oh I've seen it. Roman said to him, "It's like you just suck." Yeah, and he goes, "It's all right." They chant that to him as well, and he's an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, and that that was obviously not in the script. I think Cena just thought of that off the top of his head. We can tell because Roman was already starting his next yeah. line, and then he said it, and it threw him off, and then he couldn't remember what he was meant to say. And then Cena uh, Ranger stood there, was kind of semi smiling. It was like the classic, "Oh crap!" Yeah. I've forgotten my line. Which I've been in that situation yeah, before. Yeah. As as someone who used to tread the boards, I've been on plays. I've been, I've done plays, and I've suddenly walked into a point and thought, I don't know what my next line mm. is. And you're just looking at the person you're looking with, and you can, and that, in your eyes, you are saying, blank. I don't know what my line is. Please save me. And then they, like, a good actor, will then help you remember what the mm. line is because they'll also know. And then and then you go like. Right, I'm with you now. Here's what it is. John Cena, on the other hand, did not do that. No, he instead he said, it's called a promo, kid. Oh, actually, first he went, oh, no, give it a go. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Remember your line or whatever. And then he said, it's called a promo, kid. If you want to be the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do it. Which was like, the, everything else was quite nicely orchestrated. Where it didn't bury, it. Did, you didn't do down the other person's ability. You just shot on the the smart fans' perception of them, which is what Chris Jericho always said in the books. You know, you can you can make fun of your opponent, you can say that they're that you're going to beat them, but to say that they can't wrestle or they're bad at a certain thing doesn't get anyone over. It doesn't get them over. It doesn't get you over because if you lose to them, you look worse. If you beat them, who you beat? You've beat a rubbish guy anyway, and this is what Cena did. Which it was the best part of the segment because it was the most organic. It felt real, and but unfortunately, the consequence was it was just like the beach ball stuff when Cena thought on his feet the week before. It did bury Roman's promo ability to everyone, and that's one of the lines that's been edited out of the eventual WWE YouTube upload, which means people weren't happy with it. Yeah, and it 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 really does expose how bad wrestlers are in this current era at thinking on their feet because anyone else if you t- if you had uh, Roman Reigns in another era he'd have known what to do there because mm. they didn't have promo classes back in the day like you just you taught yourself how to do a promo you were either good at it or you were bad at it you just kept practicing at thinking on your feet coming up with new things writing down your own material now because they make movies you're given a script and you have to read that script and you have to stick to that script and you can't improvise around it. What happens then is when you come in to do a promo like this and John Cena, who can improvise around a script and has that pull that he can go around lines and has got a, a very good acting pedigree now and is very good at improvisational comedy and improvising lines, he just schools everyone and everyone just looks like chumps around him. And there are a few people, and some people got in touch with me on Twitter to say this, they hate it when he does it. Because... It is kind of... He did it with The Miz last week. The Miz came out to do his promo, and he clearly had something written down that he was meant to say. But Cena was more interested in saying something that he wanted to say. Mm. But And by doing that, it trips up The Miz's lines, and you have to skip over to the next thing. Well, it was when uh, Miz said the, the bar's keys center, yes, wasn't it? that's he, right, he, yeah. He botched that's the, exa- the That's exactly what it was, yeah. So it does expose everyone, and it uh, makes Cena... Just, it just shows that he's so much better at this than everyone else. Yeah, he is so good at promos. You, you can like you can criticize John Cena for a lot of things, 
but my God, can the man talk? Yeah. Because uh, like you said, he's made us very interested in a Roman Reigns versus John Cena match, which previously I had no interest in. None whatsoever. Uh, but then it quickly, this lovely realistic bubble was punctured really randomly by Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson coming up being like, oh, we've got all these egos in the ring, nerds. Now we're going to have a match. And Kurt Angle, who I forgot was in the ring, said, yep, yeah, okay, let's have a match here. This, and walked off. This ruined everything. Mm. This was such it didn't a... didn't ruin everything. I think, but it, it, I think it did, because then it just murdered both of their characters. Because here they are, they're having this heated thing where he's like, you're this, you're that. No, I'm I'm this, and you're this, and I don't like you. And then it's like, cool, now you're a tag match. And you've got Roman Reigns on the outside begging to be tagged in. I'm like, why do you want to be tagged in with him? Mm. Like, he's just made you look like a complete fool. Make an example out of him. If you're the big dog and this is your yard, why don't you make an example out of him? But it just made everyone just look like a complete chump. And then Gallows and Anderson lost like chumps mm. to a team. And oh, that's the other thing that made me laugh, actually. Michael Cole and Corey Graves would go like, oh my God, are they going to tag together? I was like, make that happen last week. Yeah. You were there. You watched it. So it, I thought it was, I genuinely do believe this is my personal opinion. This tag match ruined the angle that preceded it. I think to say it ruined the angle that preceded it would mean... I, I think that's a bit extreme because everyone's talking about the angle. Yes. Next week, no one's going to remember this bit. They're just going to remember those high spots of the promos. I'll remember it. Uh, but yeah, it, I'm not, it did nobody any favours. Like, this didn't need to happen, especially when you've got five or so weeks until the next pay-per-view. It, Don't make them do... Double double shots like this on the same show. And you could have you could have had this match if that's what you wanted to do. You could have had a tag match, but for Roman Reigns as a character, just walk off the apron, beg, or, for, beg for the tag, take yeah. your hand away, and just walk away, being like, "No, I'm the big dog. I'm this, and this is my yard." And just walk away. That would have made this so much better because I think that Roman Reigns begging for a hot tag killed his character dead. Or hit Cena with a spear. Or hit Cena with a spear. Next up, we had a uh, something that made sense on paper but did not play out very well. So you know when I mentioned earlier about the wrestling bubble? Oh, right. This Yes, this, this was This is sure, the sure. wrestling bubble. So we had Elias in the middle of the ring doing his usual, this place sucks, Memphis, you're rubbish. Uh, Vince McMahon's probably going like, ha ha, this is brilliant. This is br- Make more fun of the people. Call them smelly. Call them stupid. So uh, it's weird how Elias never gets his comeuppance. It's just a way for Vince... To make fun of people. Yeah, just to get cheap heat. Via proxy. Uh, but I always thought the, the idea of cheap heat is to have a payoff that's good, like that's on on the baby face side of things. Elias still remains, Do after you, all this time, program is- free. He, the, 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 the only program he has is with local crowds. What this is... Uh, sorry, I felt like I, was trying, I wasn't trying to interrupt you there. What this is, this is um, house show segments that have somehow bled into mm. the uh, the weekly TV show. Because I can imagine Elias Sampson doing the house show circuit and playing like, this town sucks and I don't like it. Babyface comes out and Elias hits a move or the babyface hits a move on him, sends him packing. Bray, crowd are happy because exactly. that man who booed our town. And But somehow they're now doing this as a weekly TV segment. Mm. And you're right, Elias keeps coming out on top. It is funny though. I do really enjoy... Elias's songs but it just it does it's getting a bit repetitive it's like yeah. when Braun Strowman was facing having squash match after squash match it's like I kind of 
kind of needs something more now. You've you've been on one small guy, you've been on two guys, you've body slammed four guys. Now I need an actual meaty feud. Uh, but I guess if I say that, I get Finn Balor versus Elias. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jerry Lawler got up. Of course, he's a Memphis hometown boy. And he said, well, I've got someone who might take umbrage with what you're singing about, Elias. Here is Southpaw Regional Wrestling Zone, Pelvis Wesley. And, and Heath Slater walked out dressed as Elvis cricket, Wesley. mate. Absolute cricket. Yeah. Of all the Southpaw wrestling characters to debut... I don't think this Heath's was the best. Had nothing to do with the character choice. Mm. This oh, no. it, this is the wrestling bubble. So we're all wrestling nerds. We sit here in a very hot room three times a week talking about wrestling. There's a very hot light on that. So I'm sweating now. There are lots of people at home watching us. They might be watching us on the tube because they're really into their wrestling stuff. And there are multiple channels like ours. We like Southpaw Regional Wrestling. It's very funny. Because it, it plays into us as wrestling fans. We kind of get all the little in-jokes and stuff. It's very ha-ha-ha, very short short. The boys are clearly having an absolute ball mm. doing it. It's great fun. Um, what Culture did a video of like why there needs to be a Southpaw Regional Wrestling pay-per-view. Was that a Simon Miller one? I just slapped oh, my right, head, okay. yeah, to, to but like, that. But they did a whole video because like as the wrestling community, we think this is great and it's very funny. Mm. It is. And then you, all of a sudden, all of that comes crashing down when you put one of the characters out on TV in front of a crowd that's not made up of us. It's made up of the larger wrestling world. Real people. Real people. Normies. And they have an as blues clue about Southpaw Regional mm. Wrestling. They didn't know what the hell was going on. They didn't know who this was. And all, I just had the sun wash over me. I was like, there could never be a Southpaw show. Because it would do worse buys than ECW's December to, to dismember. It would be a disaster of a show. Oh, I, I disagree with that because the nature of the network is you don't have to live that, and die by that. But that I, would, I think Southpaw would get higher ratings than the May Young Classic. That, uh, I disagree. I think it would be uh, uh, the biggest money loser they possibly could. Not if it was already a house show, you know. I think it would be uh, that, or in it, in a in a, the NXT sense, they've got all yeah, the overheads as, covered. As a network slash YouTube thing, grand. But to do that, like, plus you get KFC the sponsor it. That's a huge piece of branded content. All right. No, that would be that's no, a real good idea. No like. one's watching it. The point I was making was that this was the real crashing of the bubble of like, yeah, Southpaw is not over, Mm. as a lot of people seem to think it is. I thought it was a shame that Jerry Lawler didn't just come down to the ring and punch uh, punch Elias. It would have been so much more sense and would have been a much better angle. And then like Jerry Lawler, because he can't get physical because of the heart attack thing. Very understandable why WWE doesn't let him wrestle anymore. But a punch is fine and no one throws a, a punch like the king. God, he could teach a thing or two to the, some of the guys on this roster who can't throw a punch. And then Elias would, you know, scamper and walk away. The crowd, the Memphis crowd are happy. And then maybe Jerry Lawler could have a protege to go against Elias and you can use him in that way. But yes, uh, it didn't work. Nope. But it, I can see why they did it on paper. I'm not going to go like, well, this was a dumb idea. Memphis, Elvis impersonator. You didn't need the Southpaw wrestling uh, connection to realise that's Elvis. But yeah, it didn't, didn't work. You've got to wonder, though, whether or not the, the Memphis crowd and Memphis as a whole is kind of over the whole Elvis thing now. I know that Elvis is still like a really big part of Memphis mm. and always will be. But whether or not, like, you did this, you know, 10 years ago, you had someone come out dressed up as Elvis, and the crowd would be going like, way! But now it's like, these kids are growing up. And I think it's more this... it's the third hour of Raw. Well, there's also the third hour of Raw, but I just, I wonder if the, the, the Elvis heat 
uh, just doesn't work within Mem- Memphis anymore. No, I think it's an iconic uh, person. It's like if the Queen came out, someone dresses the Queen and they got beaten up. Yeah, but do you think that would get cheers? I'll be outraged. <laughs> She's like my grandma. She's like the grandma of everyone in England. If it was Mary Berry, I'd understand. Like that would get a dra- that would get a reaction out of me. Uh, and finally, in the main event, we had Alexa Bliss taking on Sasha Banks in her Raw Women's Title rematch. This match confirmed what I think I might have speculated on the SummerSlam reaction videos yeah. that we did, which is the, the the general rule of thumb. The theory is that if you are the surprise replacement for someone, that you then win because it's a surprise and no one's expecting it. Because yeah. you're a replacement, everyone thinks you're going to lose. Surprise, you won. Um, I think this Alexa Bliss just winning the title back more or less confirms that's the case because the plan clearly was they just wanted to do Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax um, for the next few shows. Yeah. Um, but the problem was they put the belt on Banks, so got to get that back off of her as quickly as possible. And here we are. Yeah, Bliss would have beat Bailey uh, and, and then, then transitioned into, into the Nia, Nia Jax. Jax yeah. So I'd, I'd imagine <laughs> they probably would have done the Nia Jax angle at the end of the Bailey match as well. That like. She beats Bailey. Nia yeah. comes out applauding, puts her up on the shoulder, drops her down. That was probably meant to be a SummerSlam. That, that's the th- because that post-match angle was really good. I really enjoyed it. Jax came down. She looked enormous compared to Bliss. All right, mate. She's- I mean, in, in, in <laughs> stature, I'm, I'm, not I'm, in... I'm uh, joking. No, she looks really overweight compared <laughs> to Bliss. Of course I, I'm being facetious. I, I meant large. I, There's no good way to say it. I love Nia Jax. I know she's dangerous in the ring, and I know she's green as goose s word. She's not the best promo. She's not the best everything, but she's just got such a great look. And it, it, the look is this way and that way <laughs> at the start of her entrance. She is not like most girls, and that's what sets her apart, and that's what makes her awesome. But yeah, Nia Jax came down. She celebrated with Bliss for a while, and I could, every, you could see it coming. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if they did the little raw logo in the bottom to make no, you think they didn't it was do going that. No, there. they should have done uh, because that always that always works quite well. But can't, then, can't overdo that though. The, the way they got uh, Jax up on her, sh- uh, not Jax up on her shoulder, but Bliss up on Jax's that, shoulder. That would have been an impressive sight. She was so high up there, Bliss. And then Jax just gave, gives her a kind of one shouldered electric chair drop. Mm-hmm. It was great. And then she stood over with the, the belt. The only problem is this really really destroys Sasha Banks. This murderized her. Like uh, any, any shred of credibility that she might have had left, this murderized it. Yeah, because, the, and through the whole night, and since last week as well in the build, it, the whole program was about Sasha can't defend her title successfully. I read a stat uh, compiling all of Sasha's reigns, individual reigns. I think she's had it four times so, now. That was her fourth reign, yeah. Yeah, and each one was like 17 days, 22 days. She's never had it longer than a month. Nope. She has never lasted more than one pay-per-view with it. Which is just insane. And not really the sort of thing... If you're going to bring up that story, you want to uh, use it to get the person who's losing over by saying, and now Banks has finally overcome the thing that she couldn't do. Well, hey, well, hey, well, hey. But that is not what they did. They just went with what they had originally planned, which I can't blame them for. But, ah... Uh... And it's he... a shame that it's happened to Sasha because she gets a lot of yeah. a lot of people don't like Sasha. Uh, I think I'm fairly so because I she's think a, unfairly because so. she's a tremendous wrestler mm-hmm. and uh, she's she got two of Nia Jax's best matches out of her in the last couple of months. Two of the best women's matches on the roster in recent months. I agree. And yeah, it's just um, it's if she was a heel, I don't think people would be down on her so much. 
But yeah. Well, that's what I've got to wonder if this is going to play into a Sasha heel turn, maybe against Bailey when she comes back, mm-hmm. use it as, I don't know, but I mean, that would require you to have two different women's stories going on on the Raw, and I mean, that's clearly not the case. Whoa. I mean, yeah, sorry. I mean, that, that was outrageous to think that. Um, but the other thing as well, there's quite a few people in the, uh, the YouTube comments when uh, Bliss won were saying that, well, Bliss is now a four-time champion, but why do people think that it's okay for her to be a four-time champion and not Sasha Banks? And it's exactly that. It's because when Alexa Bliss has been champion, she's held the belt for... You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's a SmackDown review, Maggle, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. Now, we're often accused of spending loads of time on Raw and then just doing SmackDown very quickly at the end because we run out of time. I think this time we're just going to end up doing SmackDown pretty quickly because... I mean, I I didn't think about this, but did you say in your review, because I, I heard you recording it, I heard mm. you come back with it, there was only like 15 minutes worth of in-ring yeah. action in yes. the show. Well, um, That's astounding. A lot, of the, a lot of the wrestling went through commercial breaks. You know how they mm-hmm. have the, the yeah. they have it in the small screen on the broadcast in the States. And a lot of the Usos New Day match was that way. Mm-hmm. So I think it did end up around 12 to 15 minutes of actual in-ring wrestling <sighs> That's for no good. an hour 20 show. That is no good. And like you say that and I'm like, That's clearly no good. And then I'm thinking about it, I was like, what was the time filled up with? Because I can't think of what it was filled up with. Yeah, this was... And I only watched this this morning. Like, compared to... Like, you think of Raw, you had Alexa Bliss's title change. You had Jeff Hardy becoming The Miz's number one contender. You had that really fun promo segment between Cena and Roman. Enzo in the Cruiserweight division. Whether it be bad or good, 
there's memorable stuff, newsworthy stuff from Raw. And there was stories told throughout those matches as yeah. well. Like for instance, there was a tease of the uh, the Bullet Club in the uh, in the Battle Royal. Mm. There was Jason Jordan's um, moving along. You know, even if you don't like the Emma Mickey James stuff. There was, it was there. There was a hashtag at stake. There at was least. something on the line. It was something to talk about. But this, uh, I mean, there were bits on the line yeah. here, but it just, it really felt unimportant. And the most worrying thing of all, completely missable. Yeah. This is a completely missable episode of SmackDown. You could tune in next week and you would know exactly what's going on. I, When you were away at Glastonbury and I was covering the, the Raw and SmackDown reviews, and I, I did review an episode of SmackDown where I, I think I'd, I said it was smack bang in the middle because it was a completely missable show. And I did get a lot of heat for that from a lot of people. And in fact, actually, I said this morning that really the only thing watching, worth watching on SmackDown Live this week was the fashion files. And I had someone come back to me and say, like, you're always so negative on SmackDown. Why are you always so negative? But actually, he just said I was negative on all WWE. And I was like, well, that's not the case because I love Raw. And praise SmackDown. Uh, praise um, SummerSlam. But this week's episode of SmackDown was so... I, I watched this a few hours ago and I've more or less forgotten everything that was on there. So let's go through it and try and remember some bits. At the start, it opened with Jinder Mahal in the ring, cutting a horse promo. <laughs> I'm the WWE champion. I'm the WWE champion for 18 times. <laughs> So yeah, he uh, he's, he's they did say that stuff. a lot, didn't they? Yeah, I'm the WWE champion. I'm the WWE champion. And like, okay, so this segment went on forever, mm. and I love the Singh brothers, and I thought they were very funny. They were the best part. About they were it, yeah. easily the best part about it. But man alive, this went on. This just kept going and going yeah, like the, an energizer bunny. The Singh brothers were were apologizing profusely about how they let Nakamura lay his hands on their Maharaja last week. Maharaja, and they wanted to kiss his feet. You know, fair enough. One I didn't like was uh, Michael. Co- no, it wasn't Michael Cole. It was Tom Phillips, wasn't it? <laughs> Saying on commentary like, "Oh, this is the ultimate sign of respect." <laughs> Like this is some real big custom, and it's like, shit, call it for what it is. It's stu- This is a people kissing the feet of stuff. It might have been JBL saying that, which mm. would um, which would as, make sense as, as, a, a, as a heel commentator. commentator. And I think it was JBL because JBL oh, okay. was like talking in a very hushed tone about the whole thing. Is like I thought, I thought he was great on commentary oh, okay. as well. Maybe I, I, my rage was uh, my well, immediate if, boredom. Just I was going to say it was probably that. boredom. Uh, anyway, uh, Nakamura came out and then he got beaten down a bit. And then uh, Randall K. Orton came out and uh, he got beaten up a little bit. And Rusev came out and beat most people up. Yeah. Because he's taken the pin in the main event. <laughs> it was... Uh, so this was happening and I wrote my review and it wasn't until I got a picture. I just was searching for a picture of Rusev and Jinder and then all these pictures came up. From Raw earlier this year. Oh, of course! And I was like, what? I forgot about this memorable oh faction. Oh my god, it was last year, wasn't no, it? No, no, it was this was year. It li- was it, it this was year? This year. Because, against Enzo and Cass. Yeah, and in February, it was Rusev against the big show that wrote Rusev off TV to get uh, That's some, right. some surgery. Man, I'd forgotten all about that. And do you remember at the time, everyone was saying, like, man, this really brings Rusev down, him being teamed with Jinder Mahal. Like, this, this proper brings him down a level. How the tables have turned because it got put together. I was like, well, this elevates Rusev a little bit being yeah, with Jinder. Yeah, they know. So, uh, no mention of that on commentary because no. it's like everything that Rusev did before a couple of months ago doesn't exist. Yeah. Lana didn't never happen. I was going to say you'd have to bring up Lana then, wouldn't you? Mm. Uh, the next, the, the first match of the show was Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin taking on the Ascension in a in a fun like five seven minute match. 
Uh, I thought Benjamin looked great. Looked this awesome. Was his in-ring WWE return. He, you know, he was jumping off the top rope, uh, athletic as ever. Shelton Benjamin is so good. Yeah, I mean, he was criminally underrated. Like at his time when he was in WWE, should have been a main eventer. Really, no, should. oh no, no you he couldn't talk. He, he was never. I, well, this is the thing: is it's like you can't talk. Give him a mouthpiece, then. He yeah. he legitimately should have been a main eventer. Um, I I've always seen him upper mid. I love the guy, but I would never. I, if I if this was my promotion, yeah, but you gotta remember, like, remember when he beat Triple H? Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the best moments of of Raw. You're like, oh my god, like he beat Triple H. This is definitely gonna lead something. It's like when Kofi Kingston started feuding with Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. You're like, oh my god, this is gonna lead something, and then it doesn't. Um, but yeah, it was great seeing Benjamin back in the ring. Now, did you think? And I wonder if the, I thought it was a storyline, but it may have just been botch that. It played. It, they, there was a moment in there when Chad Gable set um, one of the Ascension up to do a double team move, and Benjamin just took the guy away and did a move himself. And Chad Gable stood there, was like, "Oh, oh okay." Oh, I didn't. And notice then got, that. got out of the ring. And I thought, "Oh, they're going to set up a story that Benjamin doesn't want to be a tag team yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's already above this." I was like, "Oh, they're going to play into this." And then throughout the rest of the match, I was like, "Oh no, I think it was just a botch. Mm. I think they were just a bit of miscommunication." Not there. the only botch on this show. We'll get to them. Uh, that that would be a cool story to tell, uh, but not not this soon. I, I actually want to see them as a tag team, really use it to get Chad Gable ele- elevated. Maybe six, seven, eight months down the line, that's when you can do the Shelton they, turn. They don't have tag teams together for that long. Come that's on, a good point. You know, you just wait for the thing to the the logo to fade up in the bottom. <laughs> you think it's over, and then Benjamin turns on him. Next up, we had AJ Styles beating Ty Dillinger. AJ Styles has brought back the open challenge for the US title, and Kevin Owens didn't answer because he can't do that anymore as long as Styles is champion. There was a moment, so I'm there watching this this morning, watching on my laptop, got my headphones on, got my big sound-cancelling headphones on, mm-hmm. my lady partner sitting there watching the the morning news like a proper person. And... Um, I had this, I had a bit of a smile on my face because they were like the AJ Styles Open, US Open Challenge is coming back, and I was like, yes, this is going to be great because we're going to get some brilliant matches every week now. AJ Styles defending, get some, let's elevate some guys, and I was a bit excited. And then Renee, and then Baron Corbin walked in and said, oh, "I'm going to accept it," and I literally went, "Ah!" And my girlfriend looked at me like, "Yeah, you're right." And I was like, "No, something's just." I was really excited for something, and it's just been ruined. She was like, "I thought you were genuinely in pain." Mm. I was like, "I yeah. might be." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just of of all the potential of all the people that are, are not being used currently on SmackDown, Baron Corbin is it, it's just he seems very stale and he's not hot at the moment. No. Is one of the things, and they keep like, burying him on commentary mm. and burying him in backstage interviews, and then just like like I think because you keep burying him and then you're putting him into these positions where he's meant to be look like a title contender, it just makes the title look rubbish. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. And so Ty Dillinger came down to answer AJ. He was like, oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Baron Corbin didn't come out. Yeah. But then Baron Corbin came out and was like, no, I want the match. And you're like, okay, uh, that's kind of well done, but I don't really want to see the outcome. But then Ty beat up Baron. And Baron got in the... Uh, sorry, Ty beat up Baron and Ty got in the ring. I was like, oh, okay. But Ty was a little bit beaten up from his altercation. And they had the match anyway. But he was dispatched in about two minutes. I was going to say, it was so short. Mm. I was really gutted about this. Because you talk about 15 minutes of in-ring wrestling throughout the entire show. This could, this should have been a much longer match. Yeah, like... And it, it would have been, been a, really good to be Really good. Yeah, mm. 10. 10. 10. <laughs> Didn't even mean that. Uh, and Baron tried to get, uh, get the better of AJ afterwards but AJ just beat him up too. <laughs> so Corbin just looked like a double chump here. 
which yeah. is I guess he's still being punished from whatever he did backstage. Yeah. Uh, then speaking of being punished for whatever he's done oh. backstage, Mike Canellis didn't even get an entrance. No. He's already in the ring kissing Maria. And it was a match against Bobby Roode that Bobby Roode comfortably won. Yeah, I feel really bad for Mike. He's better than this. He's better than just being a, a jobber to the stars. And um, yeah, it even got to a point when I thought that Maria had been sent to the back because she wasn't even on camera. Mm. Like managers usually go on the hard camera side. Yeah. So that they're also in frame. She stood by the commentary desk. Just didn't factor into anything. Weird. Didn't see her at all. And then, and she was gone. And then and the match was over. Rude one. Didn't get involved. Nope. Any uh, no distracting referees. No shenanigans whatsoever. Just 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 Bobby just won. Proper very house show vibe. This so, actually no, it's not even a house show. Maria got involved in that. So this is week two of Bobby Rude's WWE main roster debut. And I was hopeful after the first one. He was all smiles. He talked about himself being box office. He's very glitzy and glamorous. And of course, glorious. Glorious. Sorry. Maybe this was all a setup to people slowly realizing, wait, no, this guy isn't a baby face. He's a douchebag heel. Yeah. Uh, I'm not convinced now. Yeah. I, this is actually quite a superficial push of Rude as a baby face, particularly because the Dirty Sheets are saying his first feud is going to be with Ziggler. If it wasn't, uh, and before that, it was with Rusev, but it was changed. Obviously, both heel characters. So Bobby would be put over on them. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not a fan. I just don't like him. It's. It's fine. Be a baby face, but be a badass baby face. Don't smile about everything. Dude, this is what I was saying last week, and this was my worry mm. that you just when you come out on SmackDown each and every week and you just beat up jobbers, it doesn't get you over. You end up just becoming Ty Dillinger, and like before you know. And uh, okay, so the, the great classic example of this is Taz. Taz came in. Excuse me, Taz was never going to get the monster push he did in ECW when he came into the WWF in 2000. He was never put into the main event picture, but could have been a solid upper mid-card mm. guy. Could have, you know, had European title, IC title, could have been within that. But the first thing he did, he beat Kurt Angle in his opening night. And I was like, oh my God, wow, he beat Kurt Angle, the undefeated Kurt Angle. He just beat him and like tapped, you know, jobbed him out clean. A week after that, he's having matches with the boss man. He's having matches with Prince Albert. He's having matches with Crash Holly. And it's like, and before you know it, he's feuding with them. Mm. And then that was it. He was just cemented right at that bottom level there. And that was it. And that, that's where people saw him at for, for the rest of his WWF run. I don't think Bobby Roode's in danger of that. I think it's, no. I think they're taking more of a Shinsuke Nakamura. But that doesn't that's not uh, work for him either. No, if, any, if anything, that made Shinsuke Nakamura colder than when he came in. I agree. I agree. But at, at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel rather than it's just... Bobby Roode's going to be flattened out to, yeah, I mean, to this level of competition. There are there are two ways they can go because they've done they did the same thing with Nakamura and, and Ty Dillinger, and it can either get up towards Nakamura level where you are at the top but very cold, or you're Ty Dillinger where you're at the bottom and mm. just as cold. See, I think I think the the problem here is really fundamental, and that's Bobby's character, and he has been brought up after a year and a half of working on this heel character in NXT. And he aced it. And he was at the top of the promotion. And all of a sudden, even though he's a pro who's been working in the business for, for you know, probably about two decades, actually. Mm -hmm. He's played babyface in the past. He's been part of loads of different outfits. And to suddenly say, oh, you've been working on this thing for a year and a half. Now you're a babyface. There's no way you're going to have that, de that deepness of character right off the bat. That's going to be maybe in three months time. 
he'll start to have a decent babyface character. But mm-hmm. right now, he's just a guy being a babyface. He's just he's a... not a babyface. No, he's just he's just a guy. And and it's weird as well because he did this debut on on SmackDown Live last Tuesday where he came in as this babyface to cut a babyface promo afterwards. You then watch NXT and he's still doing his heel character in NXT. And I I don't know if there's they're still building up to a Roderick Strong thing, but it almost sounded like they they might still do that. But he's still playing the heel character. So then if you're like a new fan, coming in and you're like oh this guy's cool i'm gonna go watch his nxt stuff completely different character there's no Mm. continuity there i'm not i'm not so worried about that because you just you're just finishing up a territory no i know but i i think it's it's the same bloody territory mate i know i know but you you... i i i i continuity is a, a very important thing if this is a real wwe universe and you're all connected have some bloody continuity uh but more to the point it just isn't working for him at the moment so yeah, I just see that this is going one or two ways. The report is that you know the, the rumor and innuendo is that he is pegged to be one of the top five guys in the company. So that's a big thing, but it feels like we're a long way off that. At the moment, he's just a robe just and a entrance music, uh, and of course, a very good wrestler, mm-hmm. but no, no actual proper yeah. character to sink your teeth into. Next up, we had Aiden English, who does have a character, a very really superficial one-dimensional character but it's glorious in its own way he has entrance music we never get because it always starts with him in the middle of the ring but when he won a match I'm, i was like oh he has got music yeah, there it is that was nice which is it wasn't him singing was it no it was someone else singing yeah why uh but yeah hot off his victory against randy Orton from several months ago via dq uh, English has now beat Sami Zayn. Mate, he's on a run. Oh, yeah. He's an absolute role now. Aiden English pinning Sami, uh, Sami Zayn. And maybe destined for a feud with the with Breezango. Who uh, knows? Well, yeah, well, we'll come on to come that on in a that. minute. So, I mean, are we building... So, Kevin Owens came out and he was cutting a very long promo about how he was screwed at the US Championship, blah, 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 blah. blah. And um, then Shane O'Mac came out and said, like, okay, get out of the ring, you're interrupting a match. Sami Zayn comes out. So then they have this match. Kevin Owens is on commentary. Very good on commentary as yes, well because he yeah, was yeah. 100% in character of just being like, I'm just, I'm so upset. I can't even, I'm not going to add anything to this commentary desk. I'm like Byron Saxton. And it was, was a wonderful little dig. Hmm. And then decided, partway through the match, that the official is doing a terrible job. So he goes in there, grabs the referee, takes his shirt off and puts the shirt on him. And he starts refereeing the match. And as soon as he gets in, because Sami Zayn's looking like, what are you doing? And Owens is there because he was up on the top rope. And I was like, one, two, three get down off the rope four and it was like you just dive straight into it and it was a really wonderful like character piece is this the direction we're going with now um f- well uh, no i just think this was a, a way to fill the f- i don't think he's going to be refereeing matches every well week. no i mean it's constantly going in interfering in referee uh, and uh, taking over referees as, as a bit of a character change or is it the two once the shen and mac thing is done are we leading back into a Sami Zayn feud well I don't know. I don't know if I'm particularly enamoured with either. But using this one match as an example, it was over very quickly in a match with in a in a show with a lot of quick matches. When Owens got in there, it was just that counting on the top rope spot, and then he gave Sami Zayn the pop up powerbomb to win. Mm. I really just wanted Owens to you know to prove the Shane McMahon this is how you call a match and actually call it down the middle, and then you can have the dynamic of oh I hate Sami Zayn. But I'm, you know, I'm actually going to call it down the middle here and maybe Sami Zayn wins. You know, that sets up a nice dynamic something down the line. Uh, the other thing I didn't like here, apart from that wasted potential, was 
I don't like it when they just use Zane and Owens as background dressing. It's like it's exploitative of their feud rather than I don't know what the better word to use is, but uh, when it's a longer tapestry of clashes. Mm-hmm. This is just something that was used to exploit the previous heat they had to build the shame at man match rather than a bigger picture that eventually sets up the next big Owen Zane clash for next year because they're eternally destined to fight yeah uh, so I, I yeah I wasn't a fan of this really no. apart from Kevin Owens on commentary yeah. and that one bit with the counting yeah here's a newsflash Kevin Owens is very good the Usos beating the New Day uh, I was also not a fan of because well, as we previously said Pretty much all of it took place in the commercial break. It was like a minute of actual TV time. Why do that when they had the be- one of the best matches, one of the top two matches of SummerSlam that everyone was talking about? Uh, you know, why waste it there? And the idea was, it was a tag team title match. No, it was just a tag team match. It was non-title. Oh, sorry. It was a tag... Yes, because it was a tag match to decide the tag stipulation... For the tag title match. At the next pay-per-view. At the next pay-per-view. Like, is there no way... (laughs) I don't like these repeating things. Because SummerSlam was the perfect time to move on from this feud. It's been a great feud. But we said that. It's like, who are you going to move them on to? Literally, who are you going to move them on to? Make something work. I don't know. Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, I could go for that. Yeah. Uh, or Breezango actually get them in the ring well we'll come on to them in a minute uh, so at least there's a stipulation thing for the next pay-per-view uh, I'm hoping it's a ladder can I make my prediction go on I think they're going to announce the first ever Usos penitentiary match Hell in a Cell uh, well I think oh a cage match maybe or they'll... well it's Hell in a Cell is the next is that Smackdown Hel- pay-per-view oh in which case then it might be mm. um, Hell in a Cell that's uh, a good idea that's yeah. a good way and, to and they'll call it the Uso Penitentiary match or the yeah. other idea I had they would do it like um, uh, House of Horrors where it's like set actually <laughs> in, a, in a penitentiary <laughs> and they'll have a match in a penitentiary uh, yes which would actually be also pretty awesome so this was throwaway it was it was nothing uh, Natalia and Carmella clash backstage they're going to have a match next week and the week after that Naomi's going to get a title rematch joy <laughs> the best thing about this was Natalia's top uh, which makes it sound like I was perving it wasn't it was because it's got cats on paws out claws out it's meow time <laughs> I like cats. I'm th- I think I might genuinely buy that T-shirt. Not uh, out of irony. It just makes me think of um, Super Troopers, though. Oh, you're not a fan of Super not Troopers, are you? No. Uh, well, anyone who's a fan of Super Troopers will uh, appreciate that. That was the only uh, th- like women's storyline bit, apart from this next match, which was Tamina <laughs> and Lana finally debuting their act together Tamina in the ring. Tamina is rubbish. Jeez. She's not rubbish. I think she's a bit rubbish, mate. She's... It definitely helps pairing her with Lana because mm-hmm. that covers the worst as- aspects of her, which is that she can't talk. She's very, the facial expressions aren't great, but she can kind of wrestle. She's got a presence of, of physicality, at least. Uh, Lana looked great on the outside. The, I don't like the, I, I prefer like a megaphone rather than a, well, a like mic of the tannoy. Yeah, it's just gr- crush. Well, she, when she did the crush thing, I was like, oh, come on, mate. Gee, come on. So I didn't mind this, though. And the it was, you know, it was classic uh, jobber match where Tamina just went over. I did like the end, though, when the she photographers. was with the photographers. I thought yeah. that was a nice touch. What I didn't like 
was how, I, I mean, it seemed to me like a botch. I haven't seen anyone else write about it. But the way Tamina threw, Tina Stock was her name, threw her out the ring. She just threw her straight onto the bottom rope and her head whiplash back. Oh, I didn't see and that. And it looks really nasty. It looked kind of not as bad as the Enzo one yeah. from uh, last year with the Vaude villains. But yeah, I, oh, Oof. I thought that was bad. We, oh, we can't smoothly transition into the later botch, which was Jinder, because we got a Fashion Files segment uh, in between. It's season two. It is season two. Uh, it is quite clear they do not know where they're going with this storyline and are just making it up week to week. There is no end game for this at present. It's a shame because I it's really... It's a shameful thing. Hmm? It's a shameful thing. It's a shameful thing. <laughs> Lobster, Lobster head. head. <laughs> uh, I... Obviously, Fashion Files is great. I genuinely yeah. look forward to it. It's one of the highlights of the wrestling week. And it's always funny. Very funny. And this one was very funny And as this well. one was very funny. The the new title sequence with the still not starring Chuck Norris title card. Great stuff. That has to pay off with Chuck Norris appearing. It has I to thought. pay off. Yeah, eventually. And uh, when they've got all the, the new tech gadgets... <laughs> And Fandango holds up a belt and says, ah, championship. Huh? <laughs> the title. Yeah. Oh, I laughed. I bellowed laughed. Again, annoying my lady partner trying to watch the news because mm. she can't hear what I'm listening to. But I proper laughed. It's so funny. The, just in case you're unaware, that's a reference to Vince McMahon not letting anyone call championship uh, titles belts. Yeah. Because a belt is something you hold your jeans up with. Yeah. Not, so uh, it's a band's term. Yeah. And that was very funny. So that was good. But... There's only also the uh, on the sorry to interrupt the pinboard thing where they've got two B because that was their last clue and they've got loads of wrestlers around with, the, with whose her name were BB so you had like BB Bush Brie Bella um, nice. uh, Buff Bagwell Bold Buchanan I was I was like trying to work out who each one was mm. it was very good but the problem I'm having with this is that the the payoff of this mystery is now becoming a hindrance for me. Yeah. Because I just want it to be done with. I want these skits to continue, but just be new things, new storylines, or just them hanging out backstage. Maybe they start taking cases for other wrestlers. So many avenues you can explore. So much better ways you can do this. But just like with a lot of the other storylines and content on WWE, they're just sticking with the one central idea and doing it to death. But they don't They don't have an end point. They don't have an end of this mm. in mind. So they're just making it up week to week until they think of something. This is the Raw GM all over again. The, uh, the anonymous Raw GM all over again. For those of you who don't remember the anonymous Raw GM, the dark days of WWE Raw, they had this gimmick where a laptop was the GM and it was a mysterious person was the per- was oh, behind yeah. this. And they were building this up about who the mystery GM was going to be. And there were lots of rumors about bringing people in. They were going to bring some like some new people up. They were going to reveal it to be like Steve Austin was like one of the rumor names. They had all these people. They never ended it because they, they didn't. It was Hornswoggle. It was Hornswoggle in the end, but they didn't have years after the, the years fact. after the fact. They never had a payoff because mm. they never had one in mind. So they were just making it up week to week, and to the point where everyone just got really bored of it and lost interest. I fear that's happening with the fashion files now. I'm just ready for that storyline to be over because it's been months now, months of this. This was the first time when it ended with a to be continued that I was like, ah, oh, especially really? well because they were meant to. It was like to be concluded about a month ago. Yeah, and it was meant to be because SummerSlam was the the uh, pre-SummerSlam episode. They ended it with the cliffhanger. This is going to ruin the tag team division, or the tag team division is in danger. But it wasn't really brought up. They no. had the clues still to be, and they shine the light, and it revealed the rest of the clue, like, which was like the box gag as well, or not to be. 
Uh, so Aidan English is that's who they're looking next to up for now, inquiries, yeah. which means we're going to get another week. Then where they'll get a new clue, which you know, so we'll be going on for a little while. Yeah, yet. it's a shame because they they just should move it's on to something thing. new. Yeah, it's a lobster head. The main event was Shinsuke Nakamura. It's another crap gimmick for you, lobster head. What? You're talking about crap gimmicks for uh, our new segment. Oh yeah, love giving it all that yeah. on the promos. It's also. <laughs> <laughs> the main event was Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton beating Rusev and Jinder Mahal. Yeah. So ah. Jinder botched the DDT. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? So uh, Randy Orton's classic uh, draping DDT it's on the ropes. My least favourite move in professional wrestling. Oh, I don't mind. I think it's quite a nice spot. Uh, but he he must have pulled or Jinder lost his balance or somehow, but Jinder just took his feet off the ropes and kind of tried to walk away like this. <laughs> and Randy Orton just took him back and gave him a DDT. It's so funny because Tom Phillips like, oh, he escaped. No, I guess he didn't. No, he just <laughs> slowly walked back into it. And that's why I hate the move. Because Jinder... Jinder you know, my headphones are out again. Oh, sorry. Jinder proved that that move is really easy to escape out of. Just put your foot down, mate. Just take your feet off the ropes. Um, and I hate to be, especially when Randy holds people there for ages, and it like posing to the crowd because the guy just has to like. It's not even struggling, is he? No, just, just like, has to set up like a, like a chump. Just going like, yeah, just do the move, Randy, for God's sake. But that was a bit. I did mm. groan a little bit because I'm like, Jinder, mate, come on, you're champion, mate. So all the way through the night, uh, the, the announcers were promoting next week's main event. I presume it's the main event. Is uh, Nakamura versus Orton to become the number one contender for Jinder's title? Please God, it's got to be Nakamura. <laughs> it's right? got to be Nakamura uh, because Rusev is feuding with Orton. You can feel that still yeah, staring up. Yeah, a better way of doing this, I feel, because they'd already announced at the start of the night that the main event was going to be this tag match of Randy and uh, Shinsuke versus Jinder and Rusev. So they announced that and then they had that segment at the start of it, which almost felt like that segment should have set up the tag match. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would have done it. Had that segment, that sets up a tag match. Holla holla, we're going to have a tag match players. And then at the end of the night, after they've won, Shane O'Mac comes out and says, next week, you two are going to face off against each other in a number one contenders match. Hmm. That just feels more like a storyline progression rather than like last week, it was like, oh, it's clearly Nakamura's going for the title again. Yeah. And this just sort of felt like a, a, like a step back in the process. It's, it's writing backwards. Yeah, I agree. I or If you were going to do it this way, I had more interest in seeing Nakamura and Orton's tension being played through this match. So, you know, like the sort of wary tagging and then at the end and you think everything's okay, Nakamura's like, okay, we're cool. And then Orton hits him with the RKO. But what actually happened was Nakamura and Orton were totally tension-free and just had a totally normal match, which made the, the, what's going to happen next week a bit weird. And they beat them, and then Randy Orton. So they went for shock booking rather than a nice story, uh, tension building yeah. story. And then you got JBL having an orgasm on Twitter because he hit an RKO. So Raw versus SmackDown, which one was better? Raw, Let us Raw, know yeah. oh, in sorry. the comments, and not, uh, not in the com- well, in the comments and in the poll above our heads. Uh, Luke might have given the game away for who he's going to choose. Well, I think we more or less gave the game away at the start of the show, in anyway. The intro, like in the first twenty seconds. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm going Raw. I'm going SmackDown. I'm, <laughs> no. going, I'm going Raw. Raw was the much better show this week. I really enjoyed the Battle Royal. I liked the, the segment with, with Cena and Reigns, despite the fact I didn't like the tag match that preceded it. I liked the main event. Uh, I thought there was some good stuff on Raw, whereas there's not as much to say about SmackDown. Yeah, it's just... Uh, the, I think, overall, there was more 
damaging stuff to people and more like banks and enzo and the cruiserweight division like that's all bad stuff but the highs were so much higher than anything on smackdown that smackdown was just this this flat line but uh, raw was more like this and I, i'll go over excitement over monotony any day what a show that was uh, i mean it was very much a one-sided show in terms of um we didn't do Fantasy Booking Warfare results. Oh, no, we didn't. We'll have to do that on Saturdays. Well, I've just remembered that. Now we're just talking about competition. By the way, Raw won, um, obviously, because you've just listened to the show. Um, but how did you find the show? I thought it was good. I did tease a uh, podcast exclusive. I was hoping you were going to remember this. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I'd, I'd put it in here as a, a reward for everyone who's waged through our long Raw and SmackDown review. So um, pre- previous podcast uh, my previous I can't speak today what's up with you mate I had a very unperturbed uh, interrupted sleep yeah you didn't sleep well last night yeah someone someone had to collect something from me at the uh, the opportune time of Mm 2am so I had to stay up and I couldn't get back to sleep afterwards you know drug dealers work on a 24 hour basis mate well yeah but I I like it to be under the cover of darkness (laughs) I need my cow pole (laughs) Any cow pole? It's, a, it's children's medicine if that isn't available in the States and that gag doesn't translate. So, this one will though, because uh, I mentioned that I was, I found myself in the wrestling bubble mm. on Monday and it was all fine in my bubble. I'm safe in my bubble. But then I said something that made total sense in the bubble to a pub full of people and I realised this does not translate without a lot of context. And now I look like a tit. <laughs> so what happened was we went to a pub quiz on Monday. It was a bank holiday, so a national holiday over here in the in the UK. And the pub quiz, usually we always have the same pub quiz team name, which is Gary Lineker's Left Wing Thought Police. Which is the greatest pub quiz name I've ever heard. Once read out by Sir Ian McKellen. Well, what a great story that is. Yeah, so, when, save that for another time. When we went to a pub quiz that he ran. And, uh, but, but they said... You get two extra points if you for the best team name. So we're like, got that covered. But then the quizmaster said, "Well, it's got to be related to Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor." Oof, topical. So we're like, well, we can't have Gary Lineker's left wing thought police now. What can we have? And we're like hashing around ideas. We wait until the first round's over. It was two rounds, so at halftime we were trying to think of something, and we were we were going down the pun route. We were trying to think of other other ways we can make something funny and win those extra two points and then i had the bright idea because i find inappropriate things funny uh to i i I remembered a line that conor mcgregor said in one of the lead-up press conferences about a month and a half before the fight and i think conor had been accused of some homophobic comments maybe a bit of racism so he answered those criticisms in one of the press conferences by announcing that uh, he's not racist, he's not homophobic, he's definitely not racist because, in fact, from the waist down, I'm black. Mm. Which is, uh, you know, pretty racist thing to say. And uh, it was it was a bit of an outrage. So I I said, let's you know put that in quotes. And our team name was, I'm not racist. I'm just black from the waist down. Then an attribute of the... So there were definite quote marks there. And then it said, not the views of the team, nor the anatomy. 
So that's the team name. I mean, I, if that was the one you went with, I'd, I, I'd be terrified to think of the names that were rejected. And we, we all thought this, you know, five people thought that was very funny. Yeah, how many ciders had you had by this point? Uh, 7% ciders, two. It's 14% of alcohol. I know, but that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> but for someone like you, yeah, who, yeah. I mean, you get hangovers just by smelling alcohol. On an empty stomach as well. Oof. So we, uh, we we all agreed on that. That was signed off mm. by men and women. <laughs> I like uh, how you had to add that bit. Yeah, well, I just want to, you know, it was, it was a, a, a diverse makeup. Not racially diverse, unfortunately. <laughs> no. Everyone in the pub was white because it was like a hipster pub. Uh, so we put that name forward and we thought, you know what, that's pretty funny, actually. We all find inappropriate stuff like that comedic, even if we obviously don't agree with the sentiment. You know, it is racist, but it is funny too. Uh, make those kind of jokes sometimes and not racist jokes i'm digging myself a hole i was gonna say your team named this off with i'm not racist but well that's the that's the joke right and uh so it gets to the bit where he's reading out the team names and he goes the the winner by far and like here it comes here comes our two <laughs> we genuinely think we've got it uh these are not the floyds you're looking for pretty good gag mm. pretty good and as when he's when they said that we we're like oh that's rubbish Oh, no, wait, we've misjudged the tone of the room. And then uh, the next one was Quiz McGregor. The runner-up <laughs> was Quiz McGregor. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Not even a pun. No. Connor doesn't sound like Quiz. No, that, that's that's awful. That is rubbish. They've got a phonetically similar first consonant. So, yeah, and then, like, we didn't even make the top three names out of the seven teams that were there. So when they're reading out the scores at the end, of course it gets to us, we can and they read it out and there is there is you know i'm not racist but i'm black from the halfway up from halfway down not the views of the team nor the anatomy and it's just silence silence in this pub i'm a little bit drunk and mortified by this point and i turn around and say to everyone it's a quote it's a quote we're not racist oh mate it was from the press conference a month and a half ago and that, but it dawned on me like why would anyone know that no. because it was like it was a big thing at the time in the in the build-up to the fight if you're into that sort if of thing. if you're into it ah like, oh, and i was just oh yeah so that was my most recent clash oh, mate that's pretty bad mm. yeah What's the most racist quiz team name you've ever had? Uh, I, I don't. I'm not very good Unintentionally with, racist. Obviously, yeah. I'm not very good with um, uh, quiz team names. Um, so uh, I, I always I thought that uh, You're a Quizard Harry was like the greatest team name I've ever heard. But apparently everyone's used that before and it's, it's not that original. Anything with quiz in the team name yeah, like the has Sp- been used. The Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. You know, that's been used. Like quiz Dina Aguilera. I've never heard that quiz one. Quiz Akabusi. Yeah. Quiz Quistoffers. <laughs> I like that one. Used. Yeah, but everyone's used them. I know, that's a good one. No. It's like you, you go up to the Quizmaster joke. I bet you've never heard this one before. I know, I've heard it literally every quiz yeah. I've done. So, should we read out some reviews? Yes. Zach Roberts 7 writes Best podcast, hashtag swaft. This is such an awesome podcast. I always love to listen to a Wrestle Ramble before bed over any other podcast even helped me to relax the night before my GCSE results, which is saying something. Keep it up, Bonnie and Luke, and stay swaft. Woo! Ooh, cheers! Uh, I hope cheers, your GCSE, result, GCSE results went fine. Um, uh, quite a few people uh, messaged me about their GCSE results, which I very much appreciated. 
Well done to everyone who did well in your GCSEs. That's a UK um, uh, qualifications thing. Just remember that those uh, results do not define you. And uh, it's all about the, the end result rather than the... Um, when I say the end result, it's like where you go to on in life rather than just like a little piece of paper. I say this because I didn't do very well in GCSE. I would go one further than saying those results don't define you and say you will never be asked about those results <laughs> no. ever again in your life. In fact, the only time GCSE results, GCSE, I can't even say it now, GCSE results ever come up in conversation is when you're nearing your, 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 your like me, in your 30s or like you nearing your 30s and you have a conversation where you're like, oh, what did you get at GCSE? Just because it's a, it's a it's an all it's a rubbish topic of conversation. Mm. But uh, what did you get at GCSE? I did okay. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you want to share your results? I could do. I'm quite I'm quite happy to share mine because yeah. I didn't I didn't do that well. Uh, I got I got four Bs, one C, three Ds, and a U, which is um, unqualified. I think universal. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's I did try and like pass off as like that's the best grade you possibly can do, but it basically means that I pretty much got a point for. Uh, writing my name on the front of the paper and then got no nice. points elsewhere. It's a point. It's a point. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, I, t- I took graphics because uh, you have to take like an arts thing, like you have to take art or graphics or woodwork or uh, stuff mm. like that. But I, I wasn't really that way inclined. So um, it was either that or home ec. I wish I'd taken home ec because I actually would have enjoyed that. But I took graphics because all my mates were. And then until I got to the first lesson and realized that I can't draw, mm. um, that was a problem because then I just I failed every bit of coursework I ever handed in. For, for Americans, the GCSEs are kind of an exam you take at the end of your school year when you're 16. Yes, you're 16. Yeah. And uh, then nobody ever asks about it again. It's like the equivalent of saying, what did you get in that spelling test when you were 12? <laughs> yeah. Because all qualifications after then. Yeah, I, even your A-levels don't really play up into anything either. No. Like, your A-levels uh, play into you getting into university, but that's more or less about it. Even your university degree doesn't really count for anything. Alex Price, 81, writes, Wrestle Ramble is... Glorious! Thank you, Woo. Alex Price. Woo. Yes, lovely Cheers. stuff. And finally, Swaft Bro, who I guess made this iTunes account specifically to write this review, so nice one. Give Ollie and Luke a chance. <laughs> Nothing as great as two huge wrestling fans talking wrestling. So much better to listen to than other wrestling podcasts, as they are outsiders in the wrestling business, so give you a fan's perspective. Slight complaint. Ooh. Ooh, hello. While talking about booking decisions, you must also bear in mind that WWE is no longer a private company and have to cater to audience of all ages. Hashtag Roman sucks. <laughs> Hashtag Swaft. Uh, woo? Yeah, woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, so we, suppose we, our review. We, yeah, well done, Swaft, bro. Well um, do we not bear in mind? Like, I don't think any of our angles that we ever do in Fantasy Book and Wherefore are like, and then they get out of the barbed wire baseball bat. I mean, we talked about blood capsules the other week. Yeah, but that... But mm, we, we, never, we never really have hardcore angles or no. nudity angles or anything like that. I'm, I'm very much of the Marvel school of thought. You know, you make something for everyone. Oh, the I'm, four quadrants. I, I think this is a much better way mm. to, for a wrestling product. The reason, like, okay, so everyone's like, oh, wish the Attitude Era would come back. Attitude Era is never coming back. Because that was at a time in, in American pop culture where... Like Jackass was a thing. Jerry Springer, too hot for TV, was a thing. You know, it was like it, that's that's what American Americana was at that time. It's a different landscape now. You can't go back to that. You can't go back to Howard Stern on public radio. You can't do it anymore. Exactly. Well, that's all we've got time for for this Wednesday episode. We'll see you on Saturday. Love you. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 